Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to your God's Love podcast. I am Haley Helveston. I'm here with Nicole Barati. She is the editor-in-chief of Sex Talk Magazine and host of Sex Talk with Nicole podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm so excited to be here and to talk with you, Haley, about all things sex. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. So tell everybody what you're doing. Well, we just launched Sex Talk Magazine, which has been a huge success and a very long time waiting game. You know, I've dreamed of having a magazine for years and years and years. I came from the fashion industry and then got into the health industry. And now here I am talking about sex. And so I felt like it was time. Um, So we just launched and it's going into its second issue. And it's just really exciting, beautiful stuff. Um, It's print and digital. And then I have the podcast, Sex Talk with Nicole. And we're going into season two, which is, and it's gonna be an awesome season. We've already finished recording the first half of the year. And I am so excited about who I have coming on and all of the conversations that I've had for the first half of 2021. Yes, that sounds amazing. And then tell me again, like, how did you get into this work? Well, I have over 30 certifications and I was working exclusively with pregnant women for 12 years, walking them through the process of pregnancy, sometimes even fertility, and walking them into the next phase of life, which is becoming, being a mother. So I started with them pre-pregnancy or during pregnancy into the delivery room and then bringing their baby home. And when their baby was about six weeks old, we were on our separate ways. I got very sick due to the lifestyle of that on-call constantly 24-7 for 12 years. And so I posted a post about my journey on social media and a very large national magazine discovered my post and sent me an email. And so like all good things, It just kind of happened by accident. It fell into my lap. And here I am over a year later talking about sex on the internet and in my magazine. Mm, Yes. And like we were talking off camera, it is so, so important to empower people in this really important topic. So what would you think the number one thing is that people are struggling with sexually? Oh, gosh. Number one thing. There are just so many things that people are struggling with. I think that if we were to put an umbrella over all of the issues, we would have to call it sex education. And not only sex education in the schools, but sex education throughout the lifespan. Because your needs and your desires and your sexuality actually changes over the lifespan. About every seven to 10 years, you need a whole new set of sex education, new rules, new guides, and new interests. Mm. Yes, definitely. And I love that you work with pregnant women because sex is different after you have a baby. Yes, it is. And people don't talk about that. People don't talk about that. All we hear about are the scary stories, how, oh, things are going to get so stretched out and it's never going to be the same. That is actually not necessarily true for most women. It's true for some, but not for most women, it all goes back to normal and sensitivity does return. But even, you know, we think about our breasts, our breasts 
whether you breastfeed or not, do change as a result of pregnancy. And so therefore, nipple sensitivity changes. And sometimes it comes back and sometimes it doesn't come back and sometimes it's more sensitive after having a baby. So it's the process of pregnancy and birth that changes you sexually, but so does your hormone level. So your hormones and your chemistry and your body changes as well after having a baby. And then for the woman that you were working with, do they struggle with having orgasms too? Some of them, yes. They were either not interested at all in sex during pregnancy or they were hypersexual during pregnancy. Oh, wow. So it's like two extremes. So what, because I've heard that about women being more sexual. What is yes. that women that aren't sexual? Is that just because of the hormonal changes and the stress? Yeah, I think it depends on your hormone levels. You know, your hormones fluctuate during pregnancy so much over the course of the pregnancy, but also on a daily basis, which is different for a non-pregnant woman. A pregnant woman's hormones go up and down throughout the 24-hour span. But when you're not pregnant, your hormones go up and down over a 28-day course. Yeah, and that's something we don't talk about. Exactly. Like none of us were taught anything about hormones or our bodies. No, all we were taught was here's how to put a condom on a banana. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, and I literally remember, because I've, I've said this in my post, like the fact that like, I did not know anything. I didn't know about the clitoris. I didn't know that there was a whole part of the body that was just made for pleasure. So what right. do you think is the main thing? Like, do you think that women just don't have any idea? When it comes to education, yeah. I think that we're lacking education in communication. Communicating to our partners what turns us on, what, does, what our desires are, what our fantasies are, and how our partners can please us better. But then before that, how do we get to the point of even knowing that? We're not taught that masturbation is normal and natural and it's a great way to explore your body and a great way to explore your sexuality. Instead, we're taught, don't masturbate, that's not nice, act like a lady, girls don't do that, you know, when it's okay for boys, but do that in privacy. Mm, yes, and, yeah. I, and I agree with that. You, that whole belief of it's okay for boys, but not us is very detrimental. Yes, yes. It teaches us that we turn off that part of the body when the pelvic floor is where the clitoris and the vagina are located. The pelvic floor is an important part of our body. It's an important part of our entire well-being. It's a structure that supports the organs above. And if we are taught from such a young age that this pelvic floor and these pelvic muscles and organs don't exist, it affects our lives and our health in so many ways that it's, it's just not okay. I agree with you on that. And do you think that now, because we're in the age of female empowerment and education, especially online education, do you think that it's getting better in terms of educating people around sexuality or are we still just so far behind? I think social media has made a dent in our venture toward better education, but I feel like we still have a long way to go to reaching the right people because I find that men are more prone to seeking out sex education 
they're looking for sex education in the way of technique, how to be better, how to make their dick bigger, you know, how to please a woman, how to go down on a woman. But a woman is not necessarily searching for sex education in terms of how to have a better orgasm for herself. Now I'm speaking very generally, but I find that women find sex education by accident. We find it in the glossy magazines. We find it searching the internet. We find it listening to different podcasts, but we're not putting ourselves out there, you know, fingers to keyboard, searching up how to have better sex as much as our male counterparts are. And why would you say that? Is that, is that part of the whole repression of women? Oh, I believe it's all yeah. about shame and you know, we're not supposed to be sexual beings. We're not supposed to be sexual objects. You know, if you want to be a sexual object, be a sexual object. And, and one thing that I always think too, is it's like, why not just to become a better lover to yourself? Exactly. Because you know? that's going to help you be a better lover for your partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I think that, um, it's like, I had a woman tell me the other day, she said, well, why would I have pleasure? That's my partner's job. Yeah. Like that is such a deep seated belief. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And pleasure so you, is your responsibility and knowing your pleasure is what should come first so that then you can teach it to your partner. Yes. Because have the women that have worked, like I read this study that said 40% of American couples or sexless? Do you yes. run into that too in your work? Yes, 40%. That's mm-hmm. an accurate number and it's a huge number. 40% of all marriages are sexless. Mm-hmm. And then well, let's go into why. So I believe that marriages become sexless because we're so in routine. We aren't exploring, we aren't communicating, we're just in the day-to-day routine. And I think things are getting worse now during pandemic because we're stuck in the same house or the same office all day long as our partners and we're kind of bored with each other. Mm -hmm. We are not having that like absence makes the heart grow fonder experience in our day-to-day anymore. And so here we are all day long, same person, a lot of us have kids at home. I'm, you know, homeschooling all three kids. It's not like we really have that much time or space to run off to the bedroom and, you know, have fun. So I think that that's part of it. Sure, the pandemic. But then the second thing is that routine and the same old thing and not trying new things and not exploring and not sharing each other's fantasies. Mm, oh, that's a great one. Um, I haven't heard that. So I agree with you on that because it seems like if you can't talk about your sex life, what if there's something you really want to do and then you can't say? Exactly. So I usually say practice your sexy talk, right? Mm -hmm. So make it a conversation, maybe like over drinks or over dessert, not in the bedroom. Don't have the sex talk in the bedroom. Because there, everybody's vulnerable, and it almost makes your partner feel like, what did I do wrong? 
Instead, make it a sext. Send a, a sexy text to the partner across the room about what your fantasy is or your desire is. Or like I said, put on your sexy voice and say, you know what would be really hot? Fill in the blank. So mm. that's one way. And another thing is I have my clients when I was coaching have a sex journal and they'd share the sex journal. And so you write about what your desires are, what your thoughts are, what kind of fantasies come up for you, something that turned you on, even compliments to your partner. And you share the journal back and forth so that each other can read what the other person wrote and you don't have to say it out loud. Mm. Yes, I love that. And then what about, what is your advice for the men listening? For the men listening, I think that it's really important that we be completely honest with our partners about what desires, what we want to share, and just know that if she loves you or your partner loves you, there's no judgment. She wants to know, you know, and I think that all of us have a little bit of shame and fear around sharing our deepest, darkest thoughts and desires and fantasies. You know, it's kind of like really pulling the wall down. And so do it in baby steps. Yes, I love that. Yeah, because I think that what I've noticed with doing the work that I'm doing, because I'm so, and I'm sure with do too, doing this work, people are more open to discuss it because I'm so open. But my exactly. dream would be for everybody to be able to talk about it and not be this weird thing. Right. It's how we got here. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Everybody's doing it. <laughs> but really, I hope they are. <laughs> um, okay, so what about your favorite sex toys? Because I saw that you're promoting some. Do you, because I've seen some people that are very pro, like, I'm not against the vibrator, I'm pro crystal wand, I'm pro, like, what, what's your thoughts? I personally really like Fun Factory. Fun Factory is one of my favorites. I think they're a brand that's often overlooked because we see Lilo everywhere. And I love Lilo too. And I've been working mm -hmm. with Lilo since I started in this work. Um, Lilo's beautiful, really well-made products. But the power behind a Fun Factory toy is there's no comparison. And then for women who like the sucking action, go with a womanizer. That's my favorite. The womanizer clit sucker. Yeah. It's um, called clit sucker? Clit sucker, yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Those these names. Yes, yes. I don't have much experience mm -hmm. with wands and yoni eggs and, you know, the crystals, but I do have plenty of clients who really like the crystal wands. Yeah. And then what are your thoughts on, because this is something I'm personally really uh, trying to figure out, is what is the best toy for G-spot orgasms? Oh, that's a great question. I think a lot of companies really try to find the G-spot, just mm -hmm. like we all do. <laughs> but really. But I think that the one company who is like spot on, no pun intended, mm -hmm. with finding the G-spot with her toy is Ioba. It's made by a woman named Francesca and her husband, and Francesca has hit it. Francesca's hit the G-spot. Ooh. 
with I mean, what does it look like? Like, tell me more about it's this. It's beautiful. It comes in pink and white mm-hmm. and it has a little nozzle that moves up and down. It has, I think, three different speeds, you know, low, medium, and high. And it's a really well-made product. I can't speak highly enough about how nice it is. It has a good weight to it. It's curved just the right way. And it's the only product they make. So they do it well. And then tell me what, um, how do I spell that? I-O-B-A. Okay, I'm definitely going to put that in the notes. Because I've been on the, I've been on like the hunt because it's so funny. I ordered a toy for the G spot and it, it like totally failed. I'm like, what the this is a mess? How can I recommend this toy when I can't even, you know, that's stupid. Right. Yes. You'll like the IOPA. <laughs> okay, cool. Nice. That's great. Yeah. Cause it seems like there's, I had a client say this the other day. There's still so much myth around, does the G spot exist? I know. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yes, it exists. It exists, but they believe that not everybody has a G-spot. Not all women has it, have it. And then why do we think that? I think we think that because not everyone can find it. But don't you think part of that is because, or at least for me, the G-spot orgasms I've had, I've been really relaxed and comfortable, you know? Exactly. Yes, yeah, it's really a matter that. of finding it. But I wonder, I believe that there may have been some studies on cadavers and they found that not everyone, and don't quote me on that, but maybe not every cadaver had one. Really? Cause I almost feel like that's very limiting because I was even thinking maybe it's because the guy there with a partner who rushes yes. and they're not fully turned on enough to even get to the, the feeling of, okay, I'm getting there. Right. Right. Yes. You have to be completely relaxed too stimulate the g-spot you're absolutely correct yeah okay yeah yeah so what about like what advice would you want people to or what takeaway would you want everybody listening to have from this conversation i think that my biggest takeaway is to get educated and to really find that sexy within yourself because once you have that you have confidence and you are empowered It's not about me or Haley empowering you. It's about you empowering you. And the way to that empowerment is education. Woo, I love that, yes. (laughs) I'm all about that too. That is so, so important, yes. Okay, so tell everybody where they can find you. I'm all over the internet as Sex Talk with Nicole. So my website is sextalkwithnicole.com and I'm sextalkwithnicole on Instagram and I have a Facebook group, Sex Talk with Nicole. Okay. Sounds fabulous. I will put your links below. Thank you so much, Haley. Yes. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Y'all be sure to like, share, subscribe to the podcast. Let us know what you thought about the episode and I will catch you next week. Bye.